0: I've been down and met him and seen, I hadn't heard him preach, I heard he was great, but but we took the risk and let me tell you, the risk paid off because he's an awesome preacher. He oversees Enjoy Church. it has got 13 locations uh, around three nations, or four if you include Tasmania as another nation, but it's not really. Around three nations uh, the enjoy church, 13 locations, 6,000 people. He oversees 250 ACC churches in Victoria. And I tell you this morning, uh, church, it's a great delight to have you, Pastor Shane. Let's put our hands together and welcome him to the platform. Praise God. Come on, let's give it up for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, shall we? Come on, let's give it up for Jesus. Lord, we bless you. We praise you. We love you. Lord, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Good to be in the house of the Lord. I like what David said when he said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I don't know about you, I, I, I love this church. Anyone else love this church? I love this church. I love the church, but I love this church. I really do. It's I, I, what, what I've discovered along the way. How many of you have worked out great churches don't just fall out of the sky? You worked that out? How many of you know this is a great church? If you've never been to another church, understand this is a great church. But great churches don't just fall out of the sky. But great churches are built by great men and women of God. And I've got to tell you, as I've been here in the last, I don't know, what is it now, 36 hours, whatever it is, I, I, I have met so many incredible men. Girls, I'm just starting to get to know you this morning. I like your senior pastor. You're cheeky. I like that. I like that. How many of you know Cheeky works in the kingdom of God? She's life. She's giver. She's like, bang. And, uh, but I've got to tell you, as I've been here, I've just thoroughly enjoyed myself to meet so many uh, uh, men of different generations that are really just lifting the bar, exceptional men, quality men, loving God, loving each other. And you know what girls, Uh, you know what they say, behind every great man is a great woman. So as great as the men are, I reckon you girls are probably just there as well, you know what I'm saying? Praise God. So why don't we just give it up for your pastor, Pastor John, Pastor Dan. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Man, I'm loving this place. You guys are awesome. Senior Constable, praise God. I got everyone worked out. I like, I like this church. I really do. God's going to do great things in this church. God's doing great things, but God's going great, to do great things in this church and through this church and from this church. You've only just seen the beginning, what God is wanting to do. But how many of you know whenever God wants to do, He's looking to do it through you? <laughs> it's like, yeah, God, do that. He goes, no, you do that. You do that. So we're going to have a great time today. I really believe that as we come around the word today, God's going to stir some of you to rise up and begin to lean in like you never have before. Lean into what God is doing. Lean into the spiritual gifts that are on your life. Lean into the plans and the purposes that God has got for you because God has got so much more for you. This is only the beginning. There there is so much more i tell you what there is so much more you need to get it in your spirit so when your pastors begin to stand up get it have it already there so that it might awaken in you when they begin to prophesy when they begin to declare plans and promises and purposes for this church have it already there incubating getting ready to go and at uh, the right time, it's all going to come to pass and come to life. You're in for a blast. There's no doubt about that. Praise God. I'm going to show, before you sit down, I'm going to show some photos. Is that all right? Is that, is in, uh, I don't know whether you do this. Can we just throw my family up there? Praise God. There's my family. Now, I don't have three daughters. I only have two daughters. The, the, the woman on the right, that's my Georgia girl. She's my wife. She's not my daughter. You probably thought i got three daughters. No, only two. But the one on my right there, that's Georgia girl. She's the ooh-la-la of my life. You know what I'm saying? As in, when she walked in the room, it was lust at first sight. But anyway, moving right along. That was a long time ago. It was a beautiful thing. And uh, actually, just go back. Just go back if we can. Just go back. Okay. So in the middle there, in the middle, we've got Emily. She's my oldest daughter. She's 25. Uh, she woke up as a 12-year-old thinking she was Asian. How many of you know when your kids have got a dream, you just got to go with it? So if she wanted to be Asian, she, she just went Asian, just went Asianized overnight. Everything was Asian. Eating Asian, Asian friends, Asian, Asian, Asian. So she went to Japan once, twice, three times, four times, then, uh, five times. Then she went for a whole year. And after a year, she came back. Six weeks after she landed in the country, Kanichiwa turned up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Kanichiwa turned up. I went to the airport to meet him, and I walked up and, and uh, he walked up, he goes, Oh, Pastor Shane. And I said, Oh. And then he said, ah, oh, and I said, ah. Oh. So we just stood there like a couple of those old ducks. But anyway, it's a, so that's Ryota. Honestly, if I had a son of my own, I couldn't love him more than I love Ryota. I said, it was like God's gift. I said to Emily, I said, Emily, just so you know, if you and Rio break up, you've got to leave the house so he can move in, you know what I'm saying? I said, I love that kid. And then we've got Maddie Moo. Maddie's a, Maddie's a rat bag. I don't know where she gets that from. <laughs> she looks like her mum, but the rat bag comes from somewhere else. I'm not too sure. So please pray for Madison. She needs all the prayer she can get. All right, so if we flick across. Now, Rio and Emily got married and, uh, six, six, seven months ago. They have started the Joy Church in Osaka. What, what the heck that's what I reckon as in people ask us all the time how are they going I'm like it's fantastic they have no idea but Japan has no idea so it's a perfect match you know what I'm saying it's all working it's all good so they're having a good time there then we move along and so we'll just flick through these quickly that's another church plant that's 12 months old that one there is uh, I don't know how old that one is that's probably a few years old now uh this is Hobart that's just taken off last uh, November and then we keep going into uh that is our north campus in Epping. That is Our East Campus in uh, Mulgrave, and then uh, that's our West Campus in Sunshine, and then there's a a number of other campuses around the place. But at the end of the day, it's all a little bit. So what? This is the one that I actually like, though. Out of all those photos, that's the one I like. You might be saying, why would you like that one? Because that's a family. You know what I'm saying? That's not where we're in there doing what we're doing. This is family time. This is hangout time, and so that's enjoy church. We've got over 100 nationalities in that location, and it is all good. All right, Father, we pray, Lord God, help us this morning lord i pray lord god that you would be my ultimate lozenge for my throat lord god lord i pray lord god lord we would get through today it would all be good people's lives would be changed and would be on track for everything you've got for us in jesus name and everybody said amen. amen praise god don't you turn around high favor someone as you take a seat and uh we're gonna go from there thank you band you guys are awesome what a worship team you are praise god praise god Still got a keyboard man there. I like that keyboard man. How many of you like your keyboard man? Yeah. Pass the keyboard man. He looked like a Holy Ghost gangster on Friday night. How many of you can remember some of the first opportunities that you have had in life? First opportunities. How many of you can remember your first job? I was a trolley boy. My first job. Trolley boy. How many of you can remember your first date? Date? <laughs> some of you are like... All right, we're going there. How many of you can remember your first ministry opportunity? Give me a wave. You can remember your first ministry opportunity. It's interesting, isn't it? The first time you were given a shift that uh, had an opportunity to close a deal. How many of you can remember that? Or or a shift or an opportunity to close a deal. Or or sit an exam that could lead to a promotion. Uh, I don't know about you. I remember the first opportunities because the first opportunities are very, very important opportunities. When I got saved, I was 22 years of age, alcoholic poisoning. I ran back to the church. The first job I was given was to set up the chairs. It was a set up pack up church and so I got to set up the chairs praise God i got to tell you now, I'm a, I was a carpenter, like our Lord and Saviour, and so I knew how to get things straight. I had a string line, I had a tape measure, and it is true, I became the chair Nazi, you know what I'm saying? Because if you can't get the chair straight, you're never going to change the world, you know what I'm saying? So, man, I, I got the chair straight, I'm still known as a chair Nazi, even to this day. For Father's Day, Emily sent me a photo uh, from Osaka, here she is down on the front row of the chairs, and she's like this, making sure they're straight. And I'm like, that's my girl. That's my girl. I remember my first opportunity, stamp chairs, my second opportunity was on the door. Because I'd get all the chairs out, they were all straight, and it's like, what am I gonna do now? The pastor goes, go on the door, and I'm like, Wow, all right. You know what I'm saying? Because like this is the moment people come to church. Have you ever been to a church and the guy or the girl at the door is like You know what I'm saying? Not this church, but but I've been to churches like that when I was younger. So I figured if I'm going to be on the door, I'm going to be like the best doorman in the world. I'd see, I'd see people, i would get out of the car and I'd be like, they're coming, they're coming. I'd wait for them, I'd wait for them. And then I'd be like, hey, welcome to church. But pastor said, not so much enthusiasm, Shane. You've got to relax. You're scaring the children. I'm like, all right, all right, I get it, I get it. What about leading a small group? How many of you can remember the first small group that you led? How many of you know this church is into small groups? I've been here 36 hours, 48 hours. This church—if if this is your church and your planet here—get into a small group. What about what about communion? The first time you were actually given the opportunity to lead communion, friends. This is what I want to say to you: our first opportunities, you know this, are very, very, very important. But friends, I want to say to you today that it's your next. Everyone, say next. It's your next opportunity and how you approach your next that will ultimately determine how the story ends. It's your next opportunity. First opportunity is your first opportunity, but your next opportunity is the one that's really gonna count. So many people spend so much time wishing, dreaming, praying for their futures, where if they just commit, 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 wholeheartedly commit to their next, then maybe they'd see their wishes, dreams and prayers becoming their reality a whole lot quicker. We need to remember that King David didn't begin as King David. How many of you know he was born a baby? He became a king. But he didn't begin as a king. He began as a shepherd boy as we read Scripture. That's where we find him, as a shepherd boy. He was simply looking after his father's sheep. And when the lion or the bear came along, when his next came along, he stood up to the plate and dealt with it in the appropriate way. Now, 1 Samuel, let's turn to the Word of God. How many of you love the Word? I like this church, it is a word church it's a spirit church, it's a friendly church it's a naughty church I like that, <laughs> praise God First Samuel 17 verse 34 David said I've been a shepherd tending uh, sheep for my father whenever a lion or bear came and took a lamb from the flock I'd go after it, I like that, I'd what? go after it, how many of you know if you're going to get it, you've got to get it if you're going to do it, you've got to do it if you're going to rise up, you've got to go after it I'd go after it. I'd knock it down, praise God, and rescue the lamb. If it turned on me, I'd grab it by the throat. I like this. I'm from the western suburbs of Melbourne. You know what I'm saying? So if it turns on me, I'd grab it by the throat, (laughs) wring its scrawny little neck, and kill it. Lion or bear? It made no difference. I killed it. And I'll do the same to this Philistine pig. That's getting very personal, but whatever. Philistine pig who is taunting the troops of God alive god who delivered me from the teeth of the lion and the claws of the bear will deliver me from this philistine saul said go and god god help you amen so so for david his initial next was simply to go out and look after his father's sheep taking care of that which was important to his father was his deal was his next taking care of what's important to dad how many of you know you're part of a great house you have a spiritual mom a spiritual dad What's important to them should be important to you. For David, his next was simply looking after that which was important to his father. Then next came a lion, and then next came a bear, and then next came a giant. What was next for David actually made no difference at all to him. For he gave as much to the giant as he'd given to the lion or the bear and he gave as much to the lion and bear as he did eventually to the giant. Why is that so? Because David's level of commitment didn't vary in the moment of opportunity depending on what the opportunity was. He really did understand the spirit behind Ecclesiastes 9 verse 10 which simply says, whatever, everyone say whatever. (laughs) Whatever your hands find to do, do it with all of your might. What are you going to do next? Well, whatever you're going to do, do it with all of your might. Well, whatever opportunity comes, do it with all of your might. So he went after his opportunities and grabbed them by the throat because he understood that they were his next and his next would prove to be his ride to his destiny. How many of you know you have a destiny? God's got plans and purposes for your life. Your destiny is over here, but the reality is most of us are still living over here. But between here and here, there's going to be numerous, a number of next. The only way that you're going to get to your destiny is to ride the donkey of the mundane to the next. You've got to ride the donkey of the mundane. It's like, say what? The donkey of the mundane? I don't like the sound of this. But this is the way it works. There are no shortcuts. Have you ever noticed how people, people rarely pray next prayers. What people pray is destiny prayers. Everybody wants to be destiny's child. Sorry, it just came. I just thought of go there. <laughs> Whatever. But how many of you know that's what they pray? I, I've never had anybody come out to the call and say, whatever's next, I want to do it with all of my mind. People pray, I want to I be this, or I want to be that. I want to do this. Or I want to do that. But God will always take, take us through our necks on our way to our destinies. There are no shortcuts. Because God's wanting to do a work in us as much as He's wanting to do a work through us. We see the big deal as what we do, but God sees a big deal as to who we be. How many of you know who you be is way greater than what you do? Yes, if you become who God wants you to become, in the end, you'll do what God has ordained you to do and probably what's in your heart to do. But if you don't allow yourself to go on the journey of the next and the next and the next, you're never gonna arrive at the ultimate destination. Now, here's the thing. There's, there's a good chance that your next is not going to be a monumental occasion that's full of fanfare really true and there's a good chance that your necks is not going to be like huge with trumpets and angels it's probably not going to be like that because most necks simply aren't that david i need you to go tend my sheep saul i need you to go find our donkeys Noah, I need you to build an ark. Joseph, I need you to keep your attitude right even when you're in the pits. Rahab, I need you to protect my men even though it's men who have abused you along the way. Widow lady, I need you to make me a cake before you and your son die of starvation. Peter, I need you to come follow me. Paul, I need you to get up and and go to the apostles even though you're not really that impressed by them. It's like, how many of you know the next, the daily next that take you to where you wanna go? In reality, you're not going to be full of fanfare and great moments in the kingdom of God. But friends, we all need to ride the donkey of the mundane if we're going to take off the giant's head. Now, I don't know about you, I want to take off the giant's head. I'm all for killing giants. I'm like, let's go get something, you know what I'm saying? But the reality is, that is not the the, the reality of most people's daily lives. Most of us aren't actually living here. It's riding the donkey of the mundane that takes us to our moment of destiny. But the truth is, most necks are mundane. Hate to rain on your prey today, but God's not calling you to fight giants every day. David, who is our ultimate giant slayer, how many giants did he slay in his life? <laughs> One. And here we are. Thousands of years later, still reading books to our children as they go to sleep about about David, the giant slayer. David, the giant slayer. Yes, David did slay a giant, but it wasn't what he did every day. That wasn't what he was about every day. How many of you have worked out? It's like, yes, there is an ultimate and God is taking us to a place and God has got a plan. God has got a purpose. God has got a destiny for you. But for you to get there, you just need to embrace the next today. The next today, there is a giant for you to fight today. It's not the giant, but there are giants. There are nexts for all of us every day as we continue to step towards everything that God has got for us. Most nexts are mundane, but we need to embrace them to become all that God wants us to become. In fact, it was it was His willingness to embrace His next, no matter how mundane that it was, that took Him to the battle lines that had been drawn up. I, I like the story about the battle line. So I must admit, I, I really like this story because uh, I read it. I don't know about you. Does anybody else ever read the, the Bible and go, whatever, or see the humorous side of it? I'm the only one here. Sorry, it's, I come I come from enjoy church. You know what I'm saying? And so we just enjoy it all. We just read it and like that. That doesn't sound right or whatever. Uh, so so when all the brothers were sent down, see, so when David went down to the battle lines, how many of you have worked out? He, he wasn't going down there to fight. He wasn't going down there to prepare the armory. He wasn't come, going down there to sell it. Freedom! You can take life, you can take freedom! He wasn't going to do any of that. You know what I'm saying? It's like he got no gig at all. No, 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 no. That's not what happened. No, when all the brothers were sent down for the battle, David wasn't even considered in the running to go. It's interesting, isn't it? Do you ever feel like no one knows who you are? Do you ever feel like no one knows where you are? Do you ever feel like, well, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to be faithful over here, but, but God doesn't care, pastors don't care, leaders don't care, no one knows what's going on? Listen to this. First Samuel, reading from verse 17. For 40 days, twice a day, morning and evening, the Philistine giant strutted. Everyone say strutted? How many of you know he was a strutterer? You gotta watch strutterers. Every now and again you see him. I do. A C C we have some strutterers. Strutterers. Anyway, move right along that. Alright. Right. C3 doesn't have strutterers. You guys have got your stuff together. Stop it! For 40 days, twice I am naughty, I'm sorry, The spirit of naughty is all over me. I've been known to be a fun monkey once or twice, but anyway. For 40 days, twice a day, morning and evening, the Philistine giant strutter it in front of the israelite army one day jesse said to david take this half bushel of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread to your brothers and give these 10 cuts of cheese to the captain see how your brothers are getting along and bring me back a letter from them david's brothers were with saul and the israelite uh, sorry and the israelite army at the valley of elah fighting against the philistines what were they doing how many of you know that's not right they weren't, sorry, are you saying the Bible's not right? I'm saying the Bible's not right. It's not right. They weren't, as in, you look at the scripture, they're not fighting. What are they doing? They're having a slandering match. They're just paying out on each other. They're just tearing each other down, but there's no fighting going on at this point in time. No fighting at all. So David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early the next morning uh, with the gifts. Now, I know we want to keep reading because we want to get to the battle. Uh, I don't know about you, I like the battle. I said, I don't know how you see it. I see David with a chainsaw and a flamethrower. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, Western Suburbs, i, <laughs> you know, okay. I like. Okay. I like that version. That's the notoriously bad Shane Baxter version, but I, that, it's okay. That's all right. So we want to get to the battle, but friends, we need to recognize right here, right now, we're, we're in the midst of the battle. You say we're in the midst of the battle. You just said there wasn't a battle. That's right not the battle you're thinking of. Because you're thinking about the external battle against the giant or against the Philistines between the Israelites. But there's a battle going on right here, right now. We're in the midst of the battle. The battle has been raging with David, but he continues to get the victory, which makes him ready to grab his necks by the throat. You say, well, what is the battle? (laughs) Great question. Friends, don't think for a minute that David didn't have to get over the fact that everyone was brought before the prophet when Jesse was asked about his sons, but David was left in the field. I've got to tell you, for most men, most women, this is where the battle is won and lost. We, we can talk about bringing down giants, but how many of you know out of the abundance of the heart, everything comes? Proverbs 4, verse 23. Out of, the, out of the heart flow all the issues of life. All the issues of life are coming from the heart. And so David has now got a moment in time where he is either going to be victorious or he's going to be defeated because all of the brothers were brought in before the prophet. This is the moment. God is in town. And the man of God is in town. And so Jesse, do you have any sons? And it's so, like, yeah, go get him, 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 him. And what about David? Don't worry about David. He's looking after my sheep. He'll be fine. This guy isn't here for him. And then he has to deal with this because he knows the reality of what's just occurred. And there is a battle raging with, on the inside. Many of us have got these battles raging on the inside either because, uh, because stuff has happened. We've all heard stuff said about us. We've all heard things uh, that have been directed towards us. We've all been forgotten. We've all been left out. We've all been, been, been. But who are we going to be when this happens to us? This is the battle. The battle within that we all face. Who are we going to become? Is it dependent upon our father reaching out his hand towards us? Or is our security in Christ and Christ alone? I, I, I think we we're singing about jesus and jesus alone this morning we sing jesus alone but then we bring everybody else to the party as well but if it is jesus and jesus alone then maybe we need to realize when the battle begins to rage on the inside we need to have a determination about us we need to have a conviction about us that says it doesn't matter whether i get whether i get invited to the party or not i said i'm going to be laying hold of my next I'm going to win the battle with him I'm going to lay hold of my next. I uh, said, uh, don't, don't think for a minute David didn't need to get over the fact that all of the brothers were allowed to go to the battle but like a servant boy, he had to stay behind and look after the mundane, those bleeding sheep. <laughs> sheep. They're down there doing something. I'm just doing this. Wax on, wax off. Wax on. Wax off. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Others of you are like, is he getting his back waxed or what's he doing? I'm not too sure. No, 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 no. How many of you know? So he's now, got to, he's now got to process this. All the brothers have been sent out, but I've got to, like, just like one of the servant kids around here, I'm looking after the sheep. But when a servant was needed to deliver some cheese and uh, cheese sandwiches and bring back the mail, where's that servant boy David? Now he's got to process it all again. He's got to work it out again. But how many of you know he did work it out? And he worked it out quickly. He did what he was asked to do. He fought the battle within. He was victorious, which made him then positioned to be victorious in all that God had for him. Friends, David's greatest battle wasn't with a lion or a bear, or even with a giant. David's greatest battle was in the battlefield of his mind. Praise God. How many of you know it went Mind because how many of you know that's how it works for us uh, david's battle greatest battle was in the battlefield of his mind as he looked to overcome all the negative voices and thoughts that told him that he wasn't good enough he wasn't wanted and he wasn't part of the family now if your church is anything like my church and i think it is this is this is the greatest challenge we all have we're, we're here but sometimes we feel so far removed. We're here, but we don't think we're as important as someone else. We're here, and we don't think anyone knows where we are. Friends, don't listen to the lies of the enemy. Understand that you are important. If this is your church and you're planted here, you are a part of the body of Christ. You are required. You are needed. Your time will come. You just need to keep fighting the battle within. you got to get the victory within. i say this was David's greatest battle Because if he didn't win here, he wouldn't be able to grab his necks by the throat. He was born to grab his necks by the throat. You were born to grab your necks by the throat, which means he never, uh, he never, he would have never been ready or prepared to fight the giant if he didn't grab it by the throat. Well, sometimes when the enemy comes, it's like so subtle, so subtle, we find ourselves from the fourth row to the fifth row to the sixth row. No, 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 no. Don't, don't allow the enemy to put it over you. Don't allow him to do that. I was uh, on the way up on the plane. I was reading Joshua again, and you know those little scallywags that came and basically put it over him as Joshua was going into the land, and they came and they they they, they basically just tricked Joshua and the Israelites into making a treaty with them. Sometimes we get tricked into thinking it's not what it is. Friends, I tell you the truth. You may not be able to see what it is, but it is what it is. And you are vital in the body of Christ. You are needed in the body of Christ. You are needed, required. As in, this church will not be able to do what God is calling it to do unless everyone is on the front foot, unless everyone is grabbing hold of the necks, unless everyone is reaching out and grabbing their necks by the throat. We, we need everybody in the game. We need everybody in the race. And everybody said amen. So while the Lord may not be calling you out to fight giants every day, He's certainly calling you out to fight the battle that rages within you, within your minds and within your hearts and heads so often. He's calling you out to fight that fight because it's only as you win and get the victory in the realm of your mind and thinking that you'll be made ready to go after your next and grab it, grab it by the throat. I got to tell you, there is so much more for this church. God has got so, so much more for this church. As the worship team come, I want to encourage you today because here's here's the thing here's the thing there is a next there is a next you gotta don't 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 be bothered about because sometimes it's like you know we get people coming to our church and it's like they want to be the next darlene check if you know what i'm saying i love darlene we're friends but they want to be the next darlene check and i was like that's awesome will you help me set up seats and it's like me set up seats do you still set up seats i still set up seats it's like, why would you do that? Because I've got a string line and a tape measure. And it means I can hang out with my friendship group and we just have fun together. Just talk trash all night in the house of God. It's awesome. Setting up seats. Will you help? No, I want to be the next Darlene Check. You haven't worked it out. What's your next? So Many of you, can I, can I be as bold as to say this? Many of you are going to do great things in the kingdom of God. You're already doing, but you're going to do greater things. No, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. God is calling many of you out uh, to do great things. Uh, it may not be next week, and it may not be even next year, but in your future, you have been called to greatness. You've been called to be awesome in the kingdom of God. You've been co- uh, called to be a person who launches the kingdom of God forward. But here's the thing: now, that's not going to be your next. Very, for very few of you, would that be your next? Your next, who knows what your next is? If you're not in a small group, your next is to join a small group. If you're not serving anywhere in the church, just find a place to serve. And you might be like, but I don't know my spiritual gift, who cares? <sighs> but if I don't know my spiritual gift, where will I, how will I know where to serve? Just start. Start. So I don't know that I had a spiritual gift of chair setter ring, up, ring. How many of you know that was really bad English? Chair setter uppering. I don't know that I had a, a spiritual gift of chair setter uppering. I just did it because that was my next. I had an opportunity, and then I then I hugged people on the door until they all ran away. I don't say. but then I got the lead a friendship group. I just I didn't want to go into ministry. Just so we clear, I had no intention. I was building houses and I was happy. <laughs> Praise God, I was happy building houses. I didn't want to go into ministry. I just got saved. How many of you remember what it was like when you got saved? I got saved. When I got saved, I fell in love with Jesus. I understood that if I'm going to love Jesus, I've got to love the church. Just a simple revelation. If I'm going to serve him, I need to serve her. You, the bride. We, the bride. But he's, he's the bridegroom. So if I'm going to serve him, I need to serve her. So I just started serving, 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 serving. Ding. Next, 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 next. I've got to tell you, there were times. There were times. When I, when I wasn't on any list. <laughs> Billy Baxter from nowhere, out there under a gum tree, singing singing love songs to Jesus with a ukulele. Sounds terrible. Sounds like hyenas on heat, but whatever. It doesn't matter. And it's like, it's like, you don't want to hear me lead, lead worship. It's a bad, bad thing. It's like, even the angels. It's like bad, but whatever. Joyful noise, joyful noise. All right, so... <laughs> God has got so much for you. God has got so much for you. Just what is the next? What is the next? Uh, There's times where it's like, no one knows who I am. And they didn't. They honestly didn't. Honestly didn't. No one knew who we were. We, we, we followed God, but we ended up in a place called Morwell, living in Taralgon, in a church of 140 people and in that place it was like we, we went in to be assistant pastors but we always believed that God had a destiny for us but we knew what the next was we went down there we said on the way into that church to the pastor we'll be here for a certain amount of time but you need to know there's a church in us church in us two years later this stirring is going on I went on a 40 day fast after 40 days what did God say? nothing nothing pretty rude eh? like I lost 20 kilos 120 meals you know what I'm saying it is 120 meals if it, Georgie came home on day 30 she walked in and I was a little embarrassed because I was in the kitchen licking one of her cookbooks I was like oh man I was hungry I was, uh, but we get we get to we get to day 40 and God says nothing God says nothing eight months later I was in the church planters camp and the spirit of God turned up like, I don't talk like this like, for me the spirit of God turned up I started to laugh, I started to cry and I closed my eyes and I saw a blonde woman, some of you are like I like that vision, no it's another vision I saw a blonde woman, three little kids, the arm of God went around them and God said Shane go back, father your family, your church, your community and your state I was nobody, how could I father the state of Victoria? Impossible impossible, in the natural it's impossible, it doesn't make any sense I went back 10 days later, we got a phone call. Now, I've been the state president there now, overseeing 274 churches now for the last uh, eight years, serving on the national executive. God has opened the world to us. We're doing all this crazy stuff. I promise you, thank you very much. Uh, I promise you, it is not because we are good, it's just because we just continue to embrace the next. The next. Many of you know, you already know what God has been speaking to you about, and you're like, yeah. I've got to do that. I've got to do that. Don't expect your next next until you do your next. Your, your next next is probably already ordered by the Lord. It's ordained by the Lord. All these next, all the way to the fulfillment, to the destiny. But you've got to grab hold of the next. Some of you, some of you know you're called to be in the car park. Some of you know you're called to be in children's church. Some of you know there's been a stirring. There's been an unching. Some of you know there's places in the life of the church that need, need someone and you're like, I don't really like that area, but I feel like I need to go in there and just serve there. Some of you are, are being called into the community to do things into the community, to serve in the community, to raise up businesses, to do whatever it is that God is calling you to do. What is your next? Can we stand to our feet? Is this okay? There is so much, so much. God has got so much for you, church. I love this church. I can understand why Pastor John would say that he's come to our church and he feels like he's at home on same, same. Because it's very much same, same. Same heart, same spirit, same people. Yada, yada. Praise God. Praise God. I want to pray for two groups of people right here, right now. I want to pray for everyone that's saying, yeah, I know there's a next. I know what I need to do. And even if I don't know, I know there is a next and I want to know what that is. But I'm prepared to grab the next and I'm prepared to start going on this journey of next on the way to my destiny. I want to pray for all those people. But before I go there, I want to pray for every man, every woman that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Friends, the greatest thing anyone can ever do in life is give their life to Jesus. I tell you, I grew up in the church, but I was never of the church. I was running, 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 running from God. I believed in God, but I wasn't going to give my life to Him. I thought most Christians were boring and pastors, whatever. But I tell you the truth, the day that I gave my life to Jesus, I worked out Christians are unbelievable and pastors, are, are truly, they, they give their best and they give their all. Friends, I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you. If you haven't given your life to Christ, give your life to Jesus today. Maybe you've been coming to church for a while. Maybe you've been coming to church for a decade or more. And you're just going through the motions, but you know in your heart of hearts that you're so far from God. Everyone else might think it's all good and it's all together, but you know in your heart of hearts, you're a long way from God. Friends, I want to encourage you today, if that's you or whether you're here and you've never given your life to the Christ for the very first time today, I want to encourage you, raise your hand and give your life to Jesus in just a minute. You know, the Bible tells us really clearly that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means all of us, there's none of us that haven't sinned All all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and the wages for that sin is death. But the Bible says the free gift of salvation is there for everyone through Jesus Christ our Lord. So yes, we've all fallen short of the glory of God, but there is salvation in Jesus' name. The free gift of salvation is here today for any man, any woman, any boy, any girl, any child, any older person that just wants to say, "I, I, I know, I know I've got to do this today. I want to do this today. So I'm going to ask for every head to be bowed, every eye to be closed from the front to the back, from my right to the left, all over this auditorium. If you're hearing saying, Shane, today's the day. This is my appointed time. I know why I'm in church today. I've got to give my life to Jesus. Maybe you've been in church for a long time, but you've just been playing games, but you're saying, yep, today's the day. I want to get this thing sorted. I want to give my life to Christ, start this brand new life, start walking with God every day of my life. I want to know that he's with me. I want to know that he's forgiven me. I want to know that he's pleased with me. And I want to know that I'm his child. If that is you, from the front to the back, from my right to the left, all over this room, if that is you on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Don't lift it up just a little bit, but lift it all the way up. When I see it go all the way up, I'm going to point at you and say, God bless you. The moment I say, God bless you, the Spirit of the living God is going to come upon you and new life is about to begin. So from the front to the back, from my right to the left, all over this auditorium, you want to give your life to Christ? First time, or second time, third time, makes no difference to me but it'll make all the difference to you friends if you want to give your life to Jesus today on the count of three won't you raise your hand now here we go one two three right now wherever you are God bless you, sister good job good job who else today saying Shane that's me over there praise God good job who else who else anybody else don't want to miss out on anyone today anybody 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 praise God praise God can we all say this really simple prayer together that's going to change those lives that just raise their hands. But we'll all pray together, make them feel right at home. Dear Jesus, I thank you today for bringing me to this place that I might give my life to you. Today, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my all. I ask you, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Help me, Lord, to live a life that is pleasing and honoring of you. I give you my life. I give you my all. And I believe you are my Lord, my Savior, my God, my friend. And from this day on, I am your child, and I'll never be alone again. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Come on, let's give it up for those who raise their hands. Praise God. Praise God. All right. Now, for, someone's going to come to you after the service, but for everybody else in the room, you're like, okay, I'm here. I understand that I'm in in an important house, a king's house. I understand that God's got so much for this house. And I understand I've got a part to play. I understand that I've had a battle going within... But I want to overcome the battle within and lay hold of my next. I want to begin to. I want to begin to connect. I want to begin to uh, begin to serve. I want to begin to lay hold of whatever the next is that God has got for me. I want to overcome the battle within, saying that I'm not good enough, that I'm not needed, that I'm not required, because that's a lie from the enemy. And I want to. I want to understand that I'm a child of God. I'm important in the family of Christ. I ne- I'm needed in this army of God, and I want to find my place. I'm just going to grab hold of my next. If you're here today and you're saying yeah, I'm ready now. I'm ready. I'm in this house and I am planted. I'll be in small group. I'll be in an area of service. I'm going to lay hold of my next. Whatever it is that pastor asks or leaders ask, I'm going to lay hold of the next. That's you. Just raise both hands towards heaven right now. Just raise both hands towards heaven. Father, I pray for every man, every woman that has their hands raised to you today. Lord, I declare in Jesus' name, from the front to the back, from my right to the left, all over this auditorium, Lord, that we would all be faithful and committed to the next. Lord, whatever the next is, Lord we will do it Lord we may not like it but we will do it, Lord because we understand that serving Lord God your house and serving your bride is serving you and when we're faithful in the little then we'll be faithful in the much, Lord I thank you Lord God to whom much is given, much is required and the next that is before us is so important to you so I pray Almighty God we'd embrace it with two hands, we'd embrace it with all of our heart, we'd give our life for you, we would serve your church. We would advance the kingdom to God be the glory for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. Lord, we give you praise and we give you honor and everybody said amen. Amen. God bless your church.